From Clocker Valley in County Tyrone we present Let the Bible Speak It's good to have you join us as Gospel Minister the Rev. Peter McIntyre is here to let the Bible speak and preach Christ in all his fullness. This afternoon I would like to read some verses to you from John chapter 12. We'll begin at the verse 20. And there were certain Greeks among them that came up to worship at the feast. The same came therefore to Philip, which was of Bethsaida of Galilee, and desired him, saying, Sir, we would see Jesus. Philip cometh and telleth Andrew, and again Andrew and Philip tell Jesus. And Jesus answered them, saying, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. If any man serve me, let him follow me, and where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honour. We know that God will bless the reading of his word to our hearts. This is harvest time. Many churches are 
having their harvest thanksgiving services. Harvest is a special time. It's a time when we come to church to thank God for all of the wonderful gifts that he has given to us. There has been sowing and there has been reaping. We acknowledge the food that we have upon the table, that it is all a gift from God himself. The scriptures are full of many lessons regarding harvest. And here in John chapter 12 and the verse 24, we have a harvest lesson from Jesus himself. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. These words were given in response to a question, a very important question, a very pertinent question, that some Greek Jews requested of Philip. They asked him to go and tell Jesus because they wanted to see Jesus. That is a serious ambition, greatest ambition of all, that we might know Jesus Christ. And Jesus answered Philip's request. He said, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. This is one of the ways by which we can study John's Gospel. The hour, the time that Jesus came into the world for. He came to die. This was his hour. In John 2 verse 4 he said, The hour had not yet come. John 7 verse 30 he said, The hour had not yet come. But whenever we come to the closing stages of John's Gospel, his hour has come. We have it here in 12.24. We have it in 13 verse 1. We also have it in 17 verse 1. In verse 27 of this chapter, he said, Now is my soul troubled. Father, save me from this hour. But for this cause came I unto this hour. He was troubled because he was facing the cross. But yet he said, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. This was his glory. The hour for which he was come. The suffering that he would face. This was his glory. He would be glorified through his endurance. He would suffer the cross. He would bear the cruelty. He would be glorified through his obedience. He came with perfect obedience to his father. Laying down his life. He would be glorified in his achievements. He would die. But in dying he would accomplish salvation for us. He would be glorified through his high priestly work. No longer do we offer sacrifices. He offered one sacrifice for us. The high priests of ancient times, they offered sacrifices, sacrifices of animals. They offered them upon the altars. But Christ, he offered himself. He was the Lamb of God. He would be glorified in his resurrection. He rose the third day. But to emphasize this point about his work in ministry, he employs a picture. The Lord often taught using pictures word pictures, illustrations, metaphors. Except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. Here we have the Lord teaching us about himself, who he is. And he compares himself to a corn of wheat. This was his harvest lesson. Let's think about the life of the seed. A seed is full of life. Christ came into this world as the man Jesus. The fullness of the Trinity was in him. The life of God was bound up in his person. 
This is the true explanation of the virgin birth. The holy thing that was conceived in the womb of Mary was the Son of God. He came down from heaven. He pre-existed his birth. This explains his remarkable miracles, his amazing words. There never was a life like this. There never were words spoken quite like this. In him was life, John wrote in John 1 and 4. And the life was the light of man. The life of God was in that seed, in the body of Christ, because that life ultimately would be given for us. Let's also think about the sowing of the seed. A seed is not an ornament. It needs to be sowed to fulfill its purpose. The Son of God was sowed when Jesus Christ became man. The eternal Logos, the Word, was fused with humanity. But as he came into this world, he humbled himself. He took on the likeness of sinful flesh. He did not become a sinner, but he took upon himself the body of his fallen creatures. And he suffered the deprivations of this life. Hunger, thirst, loneliness, tears, pain. The seed was sowed. But let's also think about the burying of the seed. When a seed is sown, it is buried. He was born to die. And in dying, he was buried. This was the great humiliation of all. Death teaches us as nothing else teaches us about our weakness. We are a race, a dying race. Death doesn't only teach us that we're weak, it teaches us that we are sinners. The soul that sinneth it shall die. Death is the great manifestation of the curse that visited the world and death is all around us and we feel its inroads upon our bodies the older we become jesus died for us this is the point he died because he loved us he died for us the son of god died for us and he died the death of the cross the suffering of the cross is beyond our wildest imagination the cross represented shame in the ancient world Because it was such a death, such a vile death, such an awful death, such a horrendous death. But there wasn't just the physical suffering, there was the spiritual suffering. He took the awful weight of our sin. He was the sin offering. He was the scapegoat. He took the blame for us. He took the guilt for us. How that could be is beyond anything that we could ever contemplate or understand or define. But there was something special about his death. He died as a corn of wheat. A seed falls into the ground. It dies in that it is broken up. The form is destroyed. But the life doesn't die. The life is retained. And the life is reproduced. Christ was broken. Physically he was broken. In death he was broken. In physical death he was broken. But as Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus transported him as they wound up his body, the body that was lacerated and bruised, as the woman around wailed. The body had died, but the life was still there. The life of God did not die. Charles Wesley tried to understand this with his amazing gift for poetry. Tis mystery all the immortal dies, who can explore his strange design. In vain the firstborn seraph tries to sound the depths of love divine. Tis mercy all that earth adore, that angel minds inquire no more. O love divine, what hast thou done? The immortal God hath died for me. The Father's co-eternal Son bore all my sins upon the tree. The immortal God for me hath died, 
my Lord, my love, is crucified. Let's think about the first fruits from the seed. The first fruits from the harvest of this seed was the body of Christ himself. He rose again. He became the first fruit, the harvest that comes from the sowing of his seed in death. He died, but he rose again. There never has been a religious leader who rose again. Only Jesus Christ. And the claim is made because he did rise again. And we have the witnesses. But let's also think about the reaping from the seed. There will come the day when Christ will come again and all of the Christians will be raised to everlasting life. He is the first fruits. The first fruits, they represent the harvest that will follow after. The first fruits are an indicator of what the harvest will be like that year. Christ rose again. He is the guarantee of our resurrection. We live in a world of death, a world of pain, a world of suffering, a broken world, a world of calamity, a world of hatred. But Christ's life brings us hope because he rose again. But if we are to have that hope, the hope of the resurrection, the hope of eternal life, we must know him as Saviour. Have you put your faith in him today? Have you trusted him, the one who was like the corn of wheat, which died, that life might follow? For he came that we might have abundant life. I thank you so much for listening. You've been listening to Let the Bible Speak. If we can be of any further spiritual help, or if you would like to receive some free gospel literature, we invite you to write to us. Our mailing address is Let the Bible Speak, Rev. Peter McIntyre, 13 Willand Crescent, 5 Mile Town, County Tyrone, BT75OQL. That's Let the Bible Speak, Rev. Peter McIntyre, 13 Willand Crescent, 5 Mile Town, County Tyrone, BT75OQL. You may hear Mr. McIntyre preach each Lord's Day here in Clocker Valley Free Presbyterian Church at 11.30am and 7pm. For further information, you may phone us at 028-8952-1611. We assure you of a very warm welcome at all the services and look forward to having you visit with us. Thank you for listening today. May the Lord richly bless you, and don't forget to tune in on this same station at the same time next week, when once again we turn to the Scriptures and let the Bible speak.